Hello and welcome to the Tillage Age with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. The Crops Forum was held recently with an excellent line of experts who had a very interesting discussion. It's worth listening back to some of this discussion as the panel talked about the financial risks of the year ahead and the potential supply of fertilizers in the short and medium term. In this episode, the discussion centers around the production risks for this year. Andy Doyle moderates this session with panel members from across the industry, including Kieran McAvoy from the IFA, Clive Carter from Irish Grain Growers, Donald Maloney from Tierlawn, and the McDonald from Grassland Agro, Bill Callanan from the, from the Department of Agriculture, and Kieran Collins, a tillage specialist in Chagas. I first of all want to call on Kieran Collins uh, to uh, give us a quick overview of what he perceives as the um, the basic cost structure that will exist for tillage farming in the year ahead. Okay, so I'm going to try and just, I suppose, set the scene really, as Andy said, for, for the discussion that, that's going to follow. So, you know, I suppose we're all aware of the increase in costs going forward. And I suppose what I'm going to do over hopefully the next 10 minutes is maybe just have a, a snapshot view of what costs are looking like and, and, and what it will mean for, for, for returns for, for 23 harvest. So I suppose, you know, before we go forward, maybe a glance back in the rear view mirror is no harm. You know, 2021 harvest, you know, average yields were well above average. You can see there winter wheat 10.8. From the CSO, spring barley 7.9. We had a big increase in grain price at, uh, at 210 euros a ton. You know, we thought it couldn't get any better. This was our, our 1984. Well, we had it again this year. You know, we possibly slightly higher yields. That remains to be confirmed. Um, you know, harvest weather was the best, I, I, I suppose, most people can certainly remember. You know, very low moisture there. That was 11.2, a lot of wheat that came in there during the harvest. And obviously we've we've had this increase in price, you know. And I suppose the other thing about 22, while we did have a cost increase, particularly fertilizer, you know, a lot of tillage farmers had their business done early in the season. So maybe just didn't hit that real peak of it. So, you know, um, so 22 and 21 were certainly two good years. However, um, we have to look forward, you know. I suppose everybody is really starting on a level playing field with regards fertilizer. Uh, it's the big one, but there are also challenges with, with, with other costs out there as well, and I'll go through that as well. So what I've done for the remainder of the presentation, I've taken the Chagas Costs and Returns booklet. If 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 my my calculations are right, if Jim O'Mani, I don't think he's in the room, but I think this would be this year in, in January will be the 45th version of it, started by Jim, I think it was 1978. So again, we use the, the costs and returns to, I suppose, um, I suppose, examine the costs and, and try and predict margins for, for the season ahead. So the figures I'm going to present today, I did them last week. They're out of date already. But again, the, the January version that will be published will possibly have different figures again. But I suppose it's our, it's our best estimate as we stand here today. So in terms of the costs, um, we've been very crude. We've taken a plus 10% on chemicals across the board. Now that wouldn't necessarily be true. Um, you know, often you'll find variations between herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, and that. So just for the purpose of the calculations today, we've taken 22 plus 10%. Uh, seed uh, plus 130 euros. That's the feedback we're getting there from the grain houses or the seed houses, sorry. And we've added 5% to machinery. Now, just also, it's worth saying the machinery 
they're used in the calculations, our contractor charges. And we do an extensive uh, review every spring of contractor charges. So again, that may change. We, we've just taken 5% uh, at the minute based on, on, on 22. Fertilizer, um, I won't go through them all. Look, 10, 10, 20, 975. Canada 860, they're going to be the two standout ones. I was told yesterday that the that can has reached a thousand euros. I'm not sure, but look, that's that's what we've used in, in, in the calculations. And again, I suppose you know grain prices will be out of date an hour after you you kind of look at them. But we we've taken, I suppose, the most re recent forward price that was available. So we've taken barley at 240 euros a ton, we've added 50 for malt, uh, we've added a tenner for wheat at 250. We've minus the tenor for oats at 230. We've taken the forward price of rape green at 570. And we have beans in there at, at 300. And just one last one on, on the calculations. We've taken straw and SIM has been a hugely successful scheme, huge benefits to the tillage industry. So I suppose it makes our job easier in terms of, of the value of straw in that we've it's put a minimum value of 250 euros a hectare. The one exception to that is winter barley tends to command a little bit more of a premium. We obviously have more of it. So that's in a 300 euros net. And then you've got winter oilseed rate, the sim rate there at at 150. So yeah, the the booklet or the it's on a single page. If you haven't got it in your lap, there you'll you'll catch them on the way out. They're they're just inside the door. But based on um on 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 I suppose the 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 input and output cost that we're talking about there, we've taken the five year uh CSO yield average. Okay, so that's 18, 19, 20, 21. We've done our own estimate for, for 22, because taking obviously one year in, in 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 on its own um doesn't make a lot of sense. Beans is the only exception. We've taken a 10-year average there because 2018 completely disproportionately affected the 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 beans figure there. So the beans is is a 10-year CSO average there, or Chagas Harvest Report average. So again, I suppose the margins taking all of that into account on your five-year average yield, they do follow a similar trend to, to previous years in that spring feed barley tends to be the, the lowest margin there, 422 euros. Uh, winter wheat and the high value crops like malting barley tend to be at the higher end. I suppose the probably the big difference from maybe previous years and, and I suppose it was there last year's winter oilseed rape now is 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 a is a is a very high margin crop. And I suppose obviously that's to do with with the high output price there. And I suppose the one that kind of jumps off the page and I won't go into all the details about the protein payment. We might get a chance in the discussion later on. But beans obviously are coming out there very high at, at 1006 based on a 5.4 ton average. And again, that's to do with an increase in protein payment, which we'll, we can talk about in a minute. I suppose crucially then is, you know, I have my costs. I don't know what the price of grain is going to be. So what we need to look at then is what's the cost of producing that ton of grain uh, with, with those costs that we have used. So again, without going through them all, I take the big one, spring feed barley, 216 euros is costing to produce a ton. That excludes straw, which led another 250 euros a hectare, or winter wheat, 222 euros there, the cost of producing that ton based on a five-year average, okay? So I did a very crude sum there. I just took wheat, barley, oats, and I said, what's the general green 
you know, serial price that we need to break even based on those costs. And that's 215 euros a tonne. So oats, the low end and, and, and wheat, the high end there. So then I suppose there's big implications then in the amount of money that we invest in our business and, and what we're going to need to, to, to grow our crops. So um, what I've done here is I've compared the variable costs for each, uh, for each crop and I've compared that from the 21, because I suppose 21 was the last time that we kind of had, I suppose we call it normal inverted commas fertilizer prices, and then based on, on, on the 23 uh, projections at the moment. So again, just to take the headline crops there again, winter wheat, you're looking at a 65% increase in costs from that 1330 in 21. Uh, total variable cost to 2,200 is 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 our our estimate today. And again, I suppose if you take the the spring crops, then tend to have a lower percentage increase. So spring barley, um, 1,014 in in 21, and and that figure jumps up to um, nearly 1,600 there in in 23. That's a 56 percent increase. Obviously, not as big. Fertilizer having a big input there. And if we go to the bottom of the page, there beans obviously having the lowest percentage increase because of its relatively low input costs in general. But obviously, nitrogen and and fertilizer in general being the um, being the big difference there. So just to, I suppose, what does it look like in a farmer scenario? So I've looked at two scenarios, I've looked at a winter cereal or winter, winter cropping farmer and, and a spring cropping farmer. I've taken 150 uh, hectare farmer um, and I've just put in a fairly sort of standard rotation there with winter wheat and barley, you know, with, with winter oilseed rape and winter oats there as, as break crops. And again, I won't go through all the individual figures, just 30 hectares of, 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 of crops, as you can see there on the screen. So your costs from 21 again, which we're using as the base here of 183,000, and that's a 62% increase up to 300,000 today. So 62% there is, 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 is the change. And again, I suppose reflecting what we saw in the previous slide in terms of our variable costs, lower increases overall for spring crops. So again, I've taken 150 hectares there. Again, use spring beans and spring oats as, as two break crops mixed amongst three crops of spring barley, a 48% increase for, for that 150 hectare farmer. So again, you know, I suppose that sort of puts in real money, the, you know, what, what, what's required to grow those crops in, in 23. So, I mean, just as a, a kind of a summary there, um, you know, the cereals break even figure I've used a crude figure there across wheat, barley and oats of 215. There's a range there of 180 to 227. The highest margin crops are still malting barley and winter oilseed rape. Winter wheat could fit in there as well. Beans because of their protein payment. And then our 150 hectare farmer, you know, the, 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 the winter grower, we're talking about a 62% increase in costs and our spring grower there at 48. So that's just to maybe set the scene. Thank you very much, Kieran. If you can get yourself a mic up there, we 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 might just get a head mic for for Kieran. He's the the extra one that's after joining. So um, we're going to progress. Uh, I'm going to first of all introduce the panel that's with me um, because that's important. We have a representation from the industry. Uh, beside me here is uh, Enda McDonald representing the fertilizer industry. Maybe you don't quite feel like that or want to do that, but that's you're here on behalf of. Uh, and uh, uh, we, Kieran, you've met 
Um, Clive Carter is a farmer and also secretary of the grain growers. Kieran McAvoy, farmer in leash again, chairman of IFA. Uh, then we have um, um, Bill Callanan from the department. And forgive me for, for ignoring anybody's titles. And then Donald Maloney. Donald, if it was last week or the week before, I would have said you were in Lambia. Now you're either Tirlon or Tirlon, one or the other. But we, we know what you're representing, in a sense, the grain industry and the challenges that are there uh, for, for the year ahead. Year and years, probably, you know, this time, well, no, maybe nine months ago, we were talking about something that was, in a, in a sense, about 2022. But for those of us kind of with any level of vision, it was very obvious that 2022 was going to spill far beyond 22 uh, and may not at all stabilise by 2023. But, you know, given the numbers that, that Kieran has outlined, and I think, Kieran, if I'm getting it right, for the spring grower there, I think you added on his cost of about 125,000. Yeah, yeah on, onto it. Like, that's a phenomenal cost to be bringing into the equation. I also note that you picked a, a price number which is lower as a baseline than this year uh, because you realistically can't expect those prices to increase. The market may very well drive them, but in terms of doing budgeting, it's a, always a, a precarious place to be. And if I might start there, Donald at the other end, Donald, you know, as you see the market uh, going forward, um, you know, is there, is there anything in the market that will give farmers the confidence of thinking that feed barley will be, thereabouts 300 plus for the year ahead, which would be absolutely needed to carry those costs. I, I'm not asking you to commit a price, Donald. Don't get me wrong on that. It's, it's just, what, what is your view as a person that's directly buying a lot of grain in Ireland? Yeah, you're talking about for 2023, Andy. 2023, Donald, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, look, we're, we're a good bit off it at the moment. Uh, Kieran's prices are not unrealistic. Uh, talking about a forward price for next year at 240, maybe 250 today. Um, the general thing, I suppose, uh, or a lot of what you read suggests that, uh, you know, grain prices have to go up. Uh, that's not a given by any means. You know, if you looked historically, um, you know, or people think grain prices should go up because fertilizer price is so high at the moment. Um, but if you look historically, fertilizer tracks grain rather than the other way around. And um, But at the same time, I suppose there is a scenario that if fertilizer prices are so high at the moment and possibly an availability issue as well, you know, there's a sense that people won't grow grain and that's not just in, in Europe, that could be worldwide and that could drive prices up. But I think it's sensible to budget on what's there at the moment. Uh, I think because of such volatility in the market and there has been such volatility in the market, it's reasonable to expect that prices are going to go up and down possibly over the next number of months. And I would suggest like that, uh, you know, even if you've never looked at it before, forward selling is a great tool in terms of closing out risk. And that's the team at the conference, I suppose, is uh, how do you manage the risk? So uh, if you look back at the previous uh, five or six months, you know, we're looking at harvest prices probably somewhere in around 300 euros a ton, but prices have been as high as 350 or 360 euros a ton only a few months back. So opportunities will present themselves, I think, to take higher prices than we see today. And I think just people have to be prepared. And the best way of preparing and the first step in preparation, I suppose, is know your costs and uh, what it's going to cost you to grow the crop. And then you're in a better position to see where you're making money at some stage down the line. Thanks, Dorn. Kieran, as a grower, yourself and Clive, in a sense, the same question, you know, how are you going to behave, change, alter the farming system based on the numbers that you see there presented? 
I suppose um, thanks, Andy, for the opportunity to be here first anyway. But look, at, I suppose we don't I don't have any magic answer to, to people have to make their own decisions ultimately. But I suppose regarding, you know, um, as Donald has alluded to, forward selling and it's something I'm doing. And I, I know a lot of people here would be doing forward selling. You get it wrong, you get it right. But you're you're spreading your risk. And if you can take a position with forward selling that you're making a profit on reasonable sums and proper, you know, calculations, you know, that's probably something, you know, it's probably not, I, I would have said, Andy, since, you know, February, March, that Prop 23 is the bogey crop here. You know, we could, you know, some of us had some cheaper inputs. We knew where we were going, markets were good. But I think Crop 23 is the bogey crop. You know, we just don't know what's going to happen, whether fertilizer is going to be available, whether it's going to be a thousand euros a ton, whether the war is over at Christmas and fertilizer collapses. I know Endel have thoughts on that, but you know, we just don't know. There's too many unknowns. So I suppose at some stage you have to question what crops you're going to sow. And uh, we, both myself and Max uh, were out in Europe uh, as late as yesterday. And a lot of farmers making harsh decisions there on crops, both on, on some of it is down to weather phenomena as well. So I suppose the question is, there's huge risk there uh, in the position that we're in with, with input costs. And, you know, we had a good year this year, but we're not always guaranteed high yields or great yields or anything like that. We have to be optimistic, and sure we all are as tillage farmers, in fairness. But, you know, maybe some of these crops that are taking less inputs to grow, uh, might be an option, you know, and I suppose the real question I, I, I'm going to ask for my farm anyway is where crops didn't perform, you know, what's going into those fields next year? Well, you know, winter barley and winter wheat won't be going into them. And I think, you know, that's something, you know, that you have to really question. And again, I think it comes back to forward selling and forward buying, whether it's the right price or the wrong price. If you can kind of manage the two together and have a margin in between, I think you know, some of the risk will have to be taken earlier rather than later because we just don't know. Kieran, thanks for that. And if I could just make a, a comment in passing that uh, we, we're all very much aware and you are the same as me, that all the indicators are at this point for a lower global production of grains for the 2022-23 harvest. Um, but parallel to that is the, the other variable, which is the, the impact of a recession that's now regarded as being real and what that's going to do for demand. And while demand for grains is generally more durable than the, than the demand, say, for, for some animal proteins and the likes, if there's a reduced demand for them, there will in turn be a reduced demand for grains. And that's how things work through the system. And that's one of the big uncertainties that many of the big players in the market have today. Clive? Yeah, Andy, thanks. Um, and thanks for the opportunity to talk. Look at, we can look at the analysis and projections for, for months to come, and we probably will. But if you don't have a crop grower to sell, you won't have any margin. And uh, I probably got burned a little bit and this year for a client, um, you know, looking in the spring about coming back a little bit of nitrogen. And we did. And we um, we suffered in the in the spring barley on proteins. We were way too low. Um, and just looking at my own little um, projections that I'll probably, I'd probably push ahead or try as best as I can to locate fertilizer and push ahead with the crops because look at, as you say, all indications are that prices could go way up. You know, it, it, it's, it is an elephant in the room that 
as I've told you before, Andy, like there's only a handful of places that are producing more arable land. We're losing arable land year on year. We are seeing reduced harvests, more demand, more people, and something has to give. And I think, I think there might be a bit of a lull at the minute. There usually is after harvest sometimes, but over the winter and potentially spring, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a trader or anything, I, I, or a market analyst. I just feel that there's potential there, looking at the fundamentals, that prices could rise. So we have to take that into account before, before everything too. If we can get the fertilizer and get the, get the. Um, get the ingredients to uh, to get the crops first and foremost. And look at, you can see, and Bill will probably allude, look at the, the department and and the government to, to a bigger uh, extent want more grain in this country. So are we contradicting ourselves by cutting, cutting down our own production and then moving it into other areas? So maybe that's something Bill might be able to answer that. Are we going to look after the tillage farmers in the next tillage incentive? That's a job for a different day. So that's it for this week and my thanks to Andy and all the panel members for joining me on the podcast. In order to understand the aspects of the podcast which are most appealing and beneficial to you, I would greatly appreciate if you could take three to four minutes to complete the survey. The details of this are in the podcast notes. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague and as always rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.